We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it's almost the weekend the thursday crew is here while well, two-thirds of us are here paul brettel is still on the mark what did we decide he's on the inactive paternity list. leave it's on the paternity, paternity leave. leave list that is correct. I am Jason Perrone of Packaday Podcast Game on Wisconsin and the Quicksilence Podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report. As mentioned, Paul Brittle on paternity leave, much deserved. Hope he and his family are doing well, settling back in at home. Mark, got to talk some Packers. Yes. There were some OTAs, but before we do, as always, we will start with the weather. And our first entry is our friend Robin Erickson out in Oslo, Norway, who says... From his cabin in the woods, Uh, it is, let's see, 32 miles southeast of Oslo, mostly cloudy temps at 66 Fahrenheit, daily smatterings of rain. Had his first swim this year in the nearest lake. It was bearable, so summer is sort of here, I guess. That is Oslo, Norway, our lone entry from Europe, and then we come to the east coast of the United States at Myrtle Beach, where Mark Eckel is standing by. What are we looking at? How are we looking at the beach? Warm. It's been um, it's been warm this week. Uh, Tuesday actually was they they gave those uh, heat advisories out where you know be careful, make sure you drink a lot of water, you know, make sure you if you're going to be out in the sun, make sure you have sunscreen. All the, all the stuff that you probably hear every day in Arizona, but um, yeah, it was pretty hot and then it cooled off a little bit um, Wednesday and Thursday, but it's still high 80s, touching 90, and yeah, but nice. All right, Good but it's deal. nice here. Again, I'm I'm on I'm on the ocean, so I get that breeze makes a big big difference. So I'm I'm enjoying this. Sounds like it. Well, so rain, rain, rain yesterday. Really? And in in Green Bay. Oh, Green Bay. And we're doing Green Bay for Paul. So in Green okay. Bay, it was rain rain on Wednesday, and then you know as we know we record on Wednesday night, so it says it's supposed to be windy and about 82 degrees. So if it's windy and 82, we were right in the green Bay locale, but at least their temperatures are up there. It's, you know, it's not too bad. A low of only 64. So summer is around, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, in Phoenix, uh, you don't even need the weather forecast to, <laughs> to know what's happening out here. I was going to say, 
when when you said rain, I thought I thought you were doing yours. I'm like, oh wow, never it doesn't rain in Phoenix this time of year. No, no, hot, and we went up from 105 to 111 today. Oh, so it's Whoa. 111 degrees, not a not a drop of rain in sight. There might be some later this week, but it looks like that kind of disappeared from the forecast. So, uh, as they say, there's not a lot of rain in the desert, and we're proving that to be very very true this year for sure. And then, as always, our friend at Kamloops, Canada, Harry, it's been a beautifully sunny the last five or six days. However, another thunderstorm moves in on Thursday, high of 68, low of 48. The sun is up by 4.45 in the morning. Sun sets at 9.15, and you can easily walk around your yard at 10.30 with the light in the sky. Isn't that interesting, Mark, where you're like in the northern parts of the United States and like up in Canada where you get, you do get like that extremely long sunlight in the, in the wind, in the summer. Yeah. Like Alaska, right. Isn't it? They have like, it's light for whatever many hours. It's great. Yeah. There's part there's portions of the year where the sun doesn't really set. I know. Like it's it's, that, it it sets and it comes back up. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. So there's your weather. It's warm. It's warm. It's hot all, all all around the world. So, Packers OTAs are uh, Wednesday team put together a recap of the OTAs did a great job as usual, of course. So what Mark and I will go through and discuss now that we have a little bit more information about the team and some more stuff's gone on over the last week is our updated top concerns regarding the Green Bay Packers and anything that happened that is causing concerns. And I, you know, I think mine is the lowest of hanging fruit, but Mark, I want to let you go first. Oh. And or talk through, we'll talk through <laughs> yours or any points that you have, and then we'll save mine for next. Well, mine is, I'll okay, I'll, I'll, I won't even say it. yours is the big concern, obviously, but and we'll get to that later. My concern isn't. I'm not very concerned, but I am concerned about the wide receiver position and just how it's all going to shake out. Um, this is the first time in a long time that we didn't know that there wasn't a clear cut number one wide receiver on the Packers. I mean, it was Devontae Adams for the last how many years did he play? Seven? Yep. You know, and before that, Nelson, before that, Jennings, before that, you know, Freeman. I mean, I can go back and back and back. I mean, um, and sometimes you could argue who was one. Was it Nelson or Jennings, you know, or was it you know, there was there was two number ones, maybe or one and one A. Now it's we don't know, and 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 again we've we've gone over this about you know maybe it's a good thing and Rodgers can spread the field and look around and not be focused on one guy, but but you still need somebody. And we were talking, we we've, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks too as well. That you know, my concern is the unknown. Um, I think I'll, I think my concerns will be eased once the season starts and whether it's the rookie Watson or Sammy Watkins or Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb or Amari Rogers, somebody will emerge, I believe, um, or two or three will emerge as, you know, good enough. Like they did like the year, the first year um, after Sterling Sharp retired, you, they didn't know they didn't, they didn't have a one that year either, but, Robert Brooks and um, I guess Freeman was there. Yeah, Freeman, um, you know, started to step up, and then you saw what was what was happening. 
and it worked out well, worked out very well. Yep. So my concern is until I see, because I mean, I, the, I'm painting the best case scenario that these guys will emerge. Well, there's a worst case scenario that Watson's a rookie and he plays like a rookie and he's not, maybe not that good of a rookie even. I don't, we don't know. You know, that Sammy Watkins, you know, there's potential. I mean, he's done it in the past, but it's been the past. Lately, he's been hurt and just average when he wasn't. You know, Randall Cobb is a year older and has also been known to get hurt. Amari Rogers did very little as a rookie. I, I, I happen to think he's going to get better, but until I see it, we you know, the, the facts are he hasn't. Um, so there's a, to me, that's a concern. Right? The wide receiver position as a whole, um, and just, you know, um, I have concerns. Yeah, that, uh, you want that alpha in the room where you don't know who it's going to be. Right. And, and now we're leaning on hope. And I feel like that's going to be the theme of today. When we get to mine, we're leaning on hope again, too. And that's, it is concerning because we don't know what the reality is. We've come into a lot of seasons recently, and they've been some very good Packers teams, where there have been some question marks, and some of them have been answered and solved, and others never got solved. I point to last right. year in special teams, right? So yeah. I'm not saying that we the said it. Yeah, but I'm not saying the receiver position is going to be that, but it creates the question of if this, like you said, if the worst case scenario is happens, this offense is probably going to be in some trouble because as much as you can work AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones in the run game, you got to throw the ball. Right. And if the Packers can't, and again, you got questions at tight end too because you got Tunyon injured. And is is DeGuara going to step up and, and how much time is he going to spend at a true tight end spot? How else do you mitigate some of those snaps? Mercedes Lewis isn't a receiver really anymore. There's all kinds of things that trickle down that can cause issues if the receivers don't end up being very good. And you're when you pin your hopes on rookies, and this is a kind of a cautionary tale with the draft. Everybody wanted receiver, receiver, receiver in the draft. Get a receiver, get a receiver. Trade up, you know, get a stud. Even if you trade up, and you get Olave or Jameson Williams, right? It doesn't really necessarily mean they're going to be Pro Bowl ready in the first year anyway. Oh, so, right. of course not. Well, so here you are. Williams, especially Jameson Williams, who he's going to miss half a year or so. Who knows? Right. He's going to miss some time at least. So here you are. Um, here, you, here you are. You know, this is kind of what you wanted, Packers. some Packers fans. Not everybody, but some Packers fans. This is kind of what you wanted. You wanted these young players that were going to be contributors and now we have them and now we have to really hope that Christian Watson and, and Romeo Dubs, I mean Toure we can't even count on yet. He's a seventh rounder. There's no right. no guarantees even gonna make yeah, the roster. Make it, right. I don't I I I know I, I keep reading stories about him and this and that. I, in short I think, in shorts in the summer though. I mean yeah, yeah exactly. I think he's practice squad at least to start the season. I think he'll start the season on the practice squad and then you know, that's what the practice squad's for. If he practices well, if he looks good on, on Wednesday and Thursday, then and somebody isn't doing as well, yeah, he could get moved up. That's that's very, very possible. But we've seen a lot of guys, a lot of good players, especially Packers, uh, begin their careers on the practice squad. And then, you know, they like I just said, they, they do well in, in practice. They, they, they catch a coach's eye. Um KGB, you know, Kabir Bob Emilis began his, believe it or not, began his career on the practice squad. 
and became the, their their number what, number two all time sacker. Yep, you know that's pretty amazing. Um, I, I'm, I, I might be. I think I'm right about this too. Didn't Hasselback begin on the practice squad? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think uh, he did. For some reason, I think he did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. And you, I mean, you find all kinds of. I mean, you know, Kurt Warner was undrafted. Not that he wasn't on a practice squad, but he was on draft. There, there, he, he would have been if they had a practice squad. Back yeah, I mean there was there was you know, there was all, minute, you know. yeah there's there's all kinds of all kinds of those of those stories. I mean, that, so I'm saying, Tory, I'm not I'm not writing him off by any means, but I'm certainly not counting, counting on him to be any kind of an impact player this year. Well, you mentioned if he is, God bless him. I mean, that, that would be amazing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, they might, I mean, that, that is good. Cause you mentioned Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb, for example, and obviously Lazard who signed his tender. Um, I have another, I have another thing to mention about that in a second. That's, um, you know, very typical me. If you followed me and listened to some of the things that I read into and look into, but the, one of those, Someone is going to be the leading receiver in Green Bay, whether it's good or bad, right? So someone is going to be yeah. the top receiver in this in this offense, and it could end up being Randall Cobb by default, just simply because of how much some of the other guys might struggle. And now we're we're kind of leaning towards the negative. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. And then if Sammy Watkins is is usual, Sammy Watkins, he's not going to play seventeen games. So then neither you're not going Cobb. to. So you're not going to. Neither is Cobb, right? So you're not going to get great production from either one of them. So even though they're the leading receiver, it may still not be enough for the Packers to do what it is that, that they want to do. So that the problem Mark, and you know, this too, is that you're not going to get, we're not going to get any, any even hints of an answer until we get into, I don't even know if training camp, because those guys aren't going to play in the preseason. I mean, we're not going to really know what's happening until about the second or third week of the year, and I've said a couple times before, the schedule doesn't start out with with cakewalks. The Packers can't just mail in the first couple games. They got two divisional games, and then they play Tampa on the road in week three, and those are supposed to be your feel it out weeks. Well, they don't really have that luxury anymore. Yeah. Even if but I don't even care if you, I, and, and I know how confident you are about the division, and it's like you know Minnesota and Chicago aren't really going to even if they don't win either of those two games, which I'd be shocked if they lost them both the Packers would probably still be okay. I just, I don't like starting off slow like that. 
No, I don't want to start slow, and I don't think they will. Um, but again, and I think this team might be because, and this will lead into what, what your concern is, the way that the health of this team going into the season, I mean, a lot of years you go, most teams go into the season healthy, right? Yeah, we're healthy. Everybody's healthy. Yeah, great. And then you get guys hurt. Guys get hurt as the season goes on. And then you, you know, when it counts, you're not healthy sometimes. And we've seen this happen to Packer teams through the years. They, they were a very good team, but they had guys hurt at the wrong time and they got eliminated in the playoffs because of it. And not just the Packers, a lot, a lot of other teams as well. Um, this Packer team might be a peak, a peak late team, which I'd always, I'd much rather be a team that peaks late than a team that peaks early. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Robert Tunyon being, being out. Well, yeah, he's not going to start the season. I, you know, hopefully again, hope is that he's back by the middle, somewhere in the middle of the season, maybe October, something, whatever. And then by January, when you really need him and you're making that playoff run and you're going into the playoffs, he's back to full health. Um, a rookie like Watson, by the time January rolls around, you know, I've had I've had coaches say this to me years through the years, you know, player whoever, pick a pick a rookie. He's not a rookie anymore. It's January. He's played sixteen games now, or now this year, you can say seventeen games. He's not a rookie anymore. He he knows his job now, he knows the playbook. It's time for him to, you know, step up now. We we need him. Um so I have a good feeling that and again, other injuries could come in and wipe all this out. But I just have a good feeling that as, as opposed to the past couple Packer teams that maybe, you know, had great regular seasons, but for whatever reason stumbled in the playoffs and health was an issue in a couple cases, could be getting, could be getting better. Their best, their best months could be December and January instead of September and October. And, that, and I, I, would, I, would, I would take that every time. Right. Yeah. And I, well, obviously, peak late because of the playoffs, and right. and health wise, hopefully the team stays healthy. I mean, there's it. We're this is shaping up to be one of those seasons where there's going to have to be a lot of things that go right for for the Packers because they can't just mm-hmm. count on. And I, I guess I say because think about it. You know, they can't just count on 110 balls to Devontae Adams anymore. They don't no. have anybody that can carry 100 that can catch 110 balls. So they have to hope that. Everyone stays healthy. The offense clicks. Rodgers works with these receivers, and, and the, the chemistry is there, and all that other stuff, too, is is there. They stay healthy. Tunyon comes back on time. DeGuara doesn't regress this year. You know, there's there's so many. And I'm just talking about – I'm just looking at the skill position. And, uh, and also, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are extremely productive in the run game. And Rodgers doesn't well, take any steps back, and obviously no injuries, right? I'd like – oh, obviously. Um I wonder, you know, there, you could bet on anything now, right? So I wouldn't mind putting a, a small wager on Aaron Jones being the team's leading receiver. Ooh, that would be really intriguing. I mean, I'm it's sure fine I, if he I'm is, sure but I, that would be intriguing. I would get, I'm sure I'd get pretty good odds. <laughs> but it wouldn't shock me in the least if he catches more balls than, I'm not saying more yards, but more just more catches. Right. Because he's going to, I mean, I, I have a feeling that you're going to see Dylan and Jones on the field a lot together. It's not going oh. to be like it was where, you know, 
Jones gets the first two series and he comes out and Dylan gets a series and Jones gets and they no, I think they're both going to be out there together because why not? You want your best players on the field and they're probably there. Right now, I would say they're 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 the, they're Aaron Rodgers' top two weapons, I think, right now. I mean, again, things could emerge, but um I want I want them both on the field. So and I could think and I could see Dylan you know, being in the backfield, Jones starting in the backfield, going in motion, going out wide, going in the slot, doing all kinds of things. I mean, you can do a lot of things with Aaron Jones. Um, and that's, that's going to cause coordinators a little bit of, uh, you know, sleepless nights worrying about what you're going to do with Aaron Jones. And then you can run – and, and, and LaFleur is creative enough and, and loves doing this kind of stuff where, you know, you run one play where Jones does this – and he gets the ball, and then you run the same exact point. But no, the, but Dylan gets the gets a handoff instead, and then because then now you have the defense, you know, reacting to Jones and going, and then that, you know three guys go his way, and then boom, there's a, there's openings for us for, for for other things, Dylan to run or or the tight ends opener, you know, all all kind of things. Right. I have confidence that as much as I'm concerned about like I, what I just said, the wide receiver the wide receiver position, I'm confident enough in both. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur to make things better than they are. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick did it for, for, for years in New England. I mean, Brady never, Brady rarely had a great cast around them in terms of skilled people. Yet they won and won and won and won and won because they had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I'm not saying LaFleur's in Belichick's um, class yet. But he's pretty damn good. He's won 39 games in three years. That's, that's he's off to an incredible start. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm confident. And it, and it's funny. I was I I, I did a, a radio show up in Philly earlier today. It was um, we were talking about different um, analytics and how they play. But it was, it was interesting. An old friend of mine has a show still up there. Had and had me on for a couple minutes. And his last question to me was. You know, being being that I'm outside, I don't know I'm far away from Philly now, and I don't cover him like I used to, obviously. But he asked me what I thought of. He said a lot of people have the Eagles, um, you know, high expectations. Looking at it from you know far away, what do I think? And I said I think the Eagles did a lot of good things this off season, but the two most important people and the two people that will determine how good a season they have are Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni, because the quarterback and the coach are. Or your two, two of your, you know, most important people. I said they put a lot of good people around them. Now they had a pretty good. They they drafted okay. They 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 signed some good free agents. But Hertz has to be better than he was last year, and Sirianni has to be better than he was last year. Both if they both take steps in the right direction, I think the team will be. They 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 will be pretty good. If they don't, then the team will be like nine and eight again, and maybe and hope to you know snatch a wild card spot. Well, Green Bay's kind of the opposite. You know, the surrounding part on offense, the surrounding parts maybe aren't as good as they've been, um, but you still have Aaron Rodgers and and Matt LaFleur. And I use that comparison. I said in Green Bay, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers. You just write down, you know, X amount of wins right there. And then if other guys step up, then you add a couple wins and, and, you, and, you, and you end up with 13 sometimes. But, um the coach and quarterback, and in, in this NFL, coach and quarterback are very important. And Green Bay ranks, in my opinion, right near the top of the league, if not the top, 
Is there a better coach quarterback combination in the NFL right now? Uh, Mahomes Reed. Okay. Maybe. I, yeah. And I wouldn't even okay. I wouldn't yeah. even necessarily that's say good. better, but that's they're no, in that, the conversation. That, that, that that's the one. Yeah, that would be the one. I'm not sure anybody else. I mean, you can't you can't give it to. Uh, I can't say Brady Bowles because Bowles failed as an. As, I mean, he might be better now, but he, his resume says he was a failure as an NFL head coach. Right. And I am very disappointed in myself because I am blanking on our our guy. Actually, you know him very well, the Bills head coach and Josh Allen. Oh, Sean McDermott. McDermott, yeah. Yeah, Sean's good. But, but McDermott not, doesn't have – no, I mean, it's – He's it's, not an off – he's a defensive guy even. So it was more Brian Brian Dable and Allen, and now Brian Dable's not there anymore. So right. uh, that's going to be – the Bills are going to be an interesting team to watch because of they've lost some – like, that's a big loss, I think. Yeah. Losing Dable now. Um, we'll see. We'll see how they, you know – Maybe it, I'm I'm saying it was a big loss. Maybe it wasn't a loss at all. Maybe the next, maybe he was just a guy that and Allen was Allen is just that that good. But but we'll find out. Right. I'll, I'll put it this way: I would put I would match Rogers and Lafleur. And Reed Mahomes, yeah. Um, but I'll match them with anybody, yeah. including Reed, in, including Reed and Mahomes. Well, we probably should mention, and I wouldn't put Stafford in the same category, but the the obviously the defending Super Bowl champ yeah, Sean McVay and there, Stafford. But Stafford, that, no, I that's wouldn't. That's good. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, and yeah, they're, that's a good one. But I'll put Lafleur and Rogers up against them. You know, listening to what you said though, kind of kind of reminds me though that there's a lot of there's so many variables on every team: good teams, bad teams, mediocre teams. There's a lot of things that can tip the scale. So the Packers having questions right now isn't doesn't necessarily mean that things are any better or worse because we went into last season with less questions per se. I mean, let's, let's take the Rogers thing out of the situation because a year ago right now we were all biting our fingernails off, but, <laughs> but let's, let's take that out of the equation and let's say going into last year with what they had, right? I guess you could have said like, Oh, we don't know what they're going to have at middle linebacker, but or we didn't know what Devondre Campbell was going to be. But I, I, I don't think anybody was like completely freaking out because Chris Barnes had been okay. You know, just stuff like that. Like, you felt better last year right now at this time with, with the amount of questions and look what happened. You know, it didn't, it didn't make a difference. They still lost in the, they lost their first playoff game. So you can have no questions and not be good in the playoffs. You can have a bunch of questions and surprising, you know, charge through the playoffs. So it well, doesn't necessarily mean that there's, they're in any better or worse shape right now. No, especially now, but the difference this year, like notice I have, I have no questions about the defense. It's hard to have any. none. They're in right. pretty good shape, right? I mean, this defense got better everywhere. Well, maybe no, yeah, no, everywhere. Um, up front, they're better. Why? Why it is a rookie that's going to make an impact? I'm telling you right now, he's going to make an impact. You know, I, I know he went against the Packers' standards of, of drafting a little bit of an, a guy who's a little bit older, but that's why he's going to have an impact because he is older. He's not a he's not a kid. I mean, he's not a 20 year old, 21 year old. He's a little old. That's why I think he's he's ready to play in the NFL, and he's gonna he's gonna be good. I think he's gonna. I think that was a really good pick that that's gonna help them both against the run, and he's gonna give them a little bit of pass rush. And then the the the, the guy Reed they signed as a free agent, not a, he's better than Kingsley Kiki. I mean that, that's really who he's gonna be, right? I mean he's better. Um, so up front they're better. You know, if Quay Walker that that was a pick that I wasn't that kind of came out of left field for me, but they obviously like him. Um, they like what he brings. Um, they actually using him a little bit outside. Even that's what I was going to talk about. They were using him a little bit outside, which I, I kind of like. Um, 
So him and Campbell, I mean, that's a, the linebackers are, are pretty good right now. And they got faster. So yeah. Oh yes. A lot then, of, a lot of speed. And then Alexander Stokes and Douglas, there isn't a better trio of cornerbacks in the league. There just isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, now this, if the defense stays healthy, they let those those top eleven guys, or even go a little deeper with twelve, thirteen, whatever you want to go. This is as good a defense as the Packers have had in a in a long time, in my opinion. I mean, they're, and I, I know I know people want to nitpick and say, oh well, they need a third pass rusher. Well, yeah, they do, but some teams need a, a second pass rusher or a first pass rusher. Okay, they need a third or an entire position group. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Saying that, uh, if if that's your biggest need on defense is a, is a good backup, well, then you got a pretty good defense. So, and again, so yeah, I'm I'm this. It's going to be this this Packer team to me is going to be very different than the Packer teams that we've grown to know and like. Is in that I think the run game is going to be they're not going to be listen. It's, it's not going to be ground and pound. But it's going to be more 50-50 than it's been in a long time, I think. Um, and the defense is going to be – I think the defense is going to carry the team. Right. I think they're going to win more games, you know, 23-16 than they are 35-31. Sure. Don't you? Well, the, I, I, yeah. Because I don't know if this offense is going to churn. And if you're – and think about it this way. If you're leaning on the run game, and I know that can also mean that they're involved in the passing game too, so that doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be a bunch of seven-minute drives. But I wouldn't mind that. No, me. And then, and then just by just by virtue of mathematics, that it's twenty-three sixteen because you only had the ball what three times, four times, but you only needed to have it three or four times because you basically drained a quarter and a half by yourself of just moving the chains and keeping the defense tired. I also see this defense. And we're getting off off track here, but 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 that's okay. I also see this defense helping the off, I, I, giving the offense shorter, huge shorter team. fields. You know, not where you know Rogers isn't getting the ball at the at his own fifteen, having to go eighty five yards. I see them creating turnovers, uh, getting th- you know, pinning teams back to you know getting a three and out, and the punt goes to midfield and they start at midfield. Or, or getting a turnover in the plus side. You know, so Rodgers comes out in the field already in field goal range. And now he just has to, you know, he don't have to move him as far. I see, I really do. I, I think this defense is going to be opportunistic. Um, I think they'll get sacks. I think they'll get turnovers. I, I, you know, I've been, and that's that's an offense's best friend. You know, starting, if, if, they're, if they're getting great field position all the time, and then, you know, they're going to look, that's Rodgers and Dylan and Jones and Watkins and Watson. They're going to love that. Well, let me go back to something that you said. So I know we said this was like top concerns and, uh, and now I'm definitely going to be getting off topic because this is the opposite of a <laughs> concern. Right. Just keep going but, here. but you mentioned, you mentioned Quay Walker and I, I want to bring something up here, which is when he was drafted first overall, I don't think there's very many people that had him high on their, their, their bet mm-hmm. card. I know that's not, not a thing, the like their bet that's, slip, right? Not no, for the not Packers. For the Packers. Not, for the, not, not for the Packers. Packers, right? I had not even really heard of Quay Walker when he was drafted. I know some people who prep for the draft are very familiar with him. Right. He played at Georgia, so obviously he's got more airtime and, and should be more widely known than somebody who played at, you know, apologies, Christian Watson, but North Dakota State, right? So, right. But, they drafted, but they drafted him, right? So 
back when they drafted Rashawn Gary. Mm-hmm. We all knew who Rashawn Gary was. Right. But again, Packers fans and Packers circles and the Packers fear, whatever you want to call it, were not expecting Rashawn Gary to be their pick. And he was. And at the time, it was head-scratching. Okay, there was a lot of people who weren't sure and didn't understand the pick at all. And there was there was a lot of, you know, Brian Gutekunst got a lot of flack for it. Fast forward to this week. And he's there busting his tail when there aren't a lot of veterans there. I don't think he's doing all that for show. He's no. been working his ass off in this offseason to try to get ready. So did you find that, and maybe it's, you know, we're, we're hearing this after this draft, but did you find yourself a little less uneasy? A- any amount of question you had about the Quay Walker pick, you know, less less impactful to you negatively just simply because of how well Rashawn Gary has turned out? Because Brian Gutekunst looks like he's looking like he knew something about Rashawn Gary that a lot of other people didn't. I know what you're saying, but no, I didn't. I didn't feel that way. For both reasons. First of all, I was one of the few people that didn't hate the Rashawn Gary pick. It was again. I didn't think that's. I didn't. I, I forgot who I. I don't remember who I thought they were going to pick that year. Well, Brian Burns was there, and that's who and a lot was, of people yeah, wanted. I, but... I know every people. Some people did. I. I wasn't a Brian Burns guy either. I didn't think they were picking that position because they had just signed the, both Smiths. So that's why I was surprised at the Gary pick. But I, I forget who I who I thought they were going to take there. Was there? Was there a corner or say? Oh, wasn't there a real good safety or corner? Yes, and Derwin James was, was that the Derwin? Well, James no, draft? Derwin was the year prior. That was the the Jair. They could have drafted Derwin. They moved back and got Jair. All oh, right, instead. okay, okay. No, I didn't. There was somebody else. I, I, I Burns wasn't my guy either. I just, that was the Devin White, Devin Bush draft, the linebackers. Right. But, but they were gone. Yep, they were gone. They were gone. Um, I forget who I thought, but I, I didn't. I wasn't mad at the at the select. I wasn't mad at all. I wasn't when they took Gary. I didn't say, "Oh my God, they took Rashawn Gary." I said, "Oh wow, they took Rashawn Gary. Wow, they they just signed those two Smiths." Hmm. And then and then, then I started thinking to myself, "Oh, maybe Preston Smith's going to be an inside linebacker. Hmm, right? I mean, he could do that. Maybe I don't. I don't know what I was. I, I just didn't. And they still had Kyle Fackerel, right? Also, who had yeah. 10, who was coming off a ten sack season. So I really didn't see pass rush. Five of which came in one game against the Seahawks. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> right. Hey, that's still 10 seconds. That's right. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just didn't that that's but I liked him as a player. I mean, um, there were some people doubting this and that about him, but 
No, he was athletic as all get out. I mean, he's what I thought he was. I mean, he's a good player. I, I did, I did not knock the pick at all of of Gary. I, I just was surprised they took a that position more than the player. And again, they did what we always want teams to do and what teams always say they're going to do, but most don't. We're going to take the best player on the board. We don't care about what position he plays. That's what the Packers did that night. They that wasn't their biggest need. But in their, on their board, he was the highest-rated guy. They said, screw it. We're taking the highest-rated guy. We're not taking the, the, our biggest need. And they did. And he's done that a lot. For, 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 he's, he's done it more than he hasn't, for the most part. Taking the guy. If you notice, it takes the Packers about 20 seconds to make their pick, depending on how long the guy's name is when they write it down. Right. I think. Yeah. Right. They never waste time. Yeah. They, so they just think, okay, he went, he went, he went. Oh, he's the highest guy. Go, there you go. Put him in. I mean, it just—it's always they—they—they—they they, they, they waste no time, so they're—they're they're prepared and they—they they go by their board. Now, this pick Quay Walker surprised me because I bought into the um, the Packers don't value inside linebackers; they're never going to take one in the first round because they don't put a high value on. So I, I kind of bought into that. And it's funny when I'm 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 working that night because I'm I. I um, I went back and worked for my old boss at NJ.com uh, where I had to do um, – as soon as a pick was made, I made a comment and sent it to him, and then he put it online, whatever. Um, so I'm still writing about the prior pick. Again, because the Packers make their pick in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm still writing about whoever went the pick before Walker, saying it was a good pick or bad, whatever I thought of it. And a friend of mine texts me and says, the Packers took the kid from Georgia. I thought they took Wyatt. I really oh, did. Okay, yeah. I said, "Oh, they got wide." He went, "No, Walker." I said, "Walker, the linebacker." He said, "Yeah." And I said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I said, yeah. I, "I, I wasn't expecting." I really did think, and then they took. I was. They took Wyatt a couple picks later, but when he said they they took the kid from Georgia, I thought they. I really thought they took Wyatt. If you had said they, that, to, and and Mark, if you had said that to the whole of Packers Nation and like the fans and Twitterverse or whatever, they would have all they would have all probably hoped that it was Pickens. Oh, yeah. Because everyone yeah. wanted a receiver. Right. But I didn't think Pickens was a first-round pick, and he no, wasn't. No, no, definitely. But Wyatt, I thought, was. Mm-hmm. And he was. He, and he was a first. Um, and, I, and you know what? I, they could have flip-flopped those picks, probably. And nobody would. I don't know what the difference would have been. Because if you remember, they were stunned that Wyatt was still there for him. Unless they're lying. I don't think they were lying about that. Um, they didn't think Wyatt was going to, you know. Anyway, they but when when they took Walker, my first my first reaction was wow again not not the player I didn't mind the player, I was surprised they took that position, at that spot. Right. I don't know. Again, I don't know who. All the receivers were gone. The the, the receivers we thought they would take in the first round, were right. all gone. Right. So we were left looking at okay, what do you do? Um, Actually, you know who I, I like the kid um, Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, who went a couple of picks after. I was a little surprised they took Walker over him. Um, but again, there's, there was things that they liked about Walker. And I think I think part of it is the and, 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 and that they had him playing in some outside edge rusher at the OTAs and at the minicamp. That tells me they might think this guy can do a lot of different things for him. Right. 
that, that he's not just an inside linebacker. No, yeah. Well, that's why you, you hope the upside is what it's going to be. If you're going to stay there and not move back and get additional picks and take other players, then you're going to make a choice at that selection. Then you better hope that they pan out. And I would have to say it's one of those this, – this is what I mean, though, is the Rashawn Gary, like they found something in him that – and people were questioning it too. There were there was a healthy amount of people who questioned whether Rashawn Gary even loved football or had the was yeah, that was, was the it that, lazy that was and the all. Knock on him, right? Yeah, it was well, and I don't know if it was founded or not, but you know there was there were plenty of people who said that, and he has done nothing but knock it down. I mean, he's been right. very much. I mean, the comments that he made this week, and you know, some players just know what to say. You've interviewed plenty of them, and you probably know the difference between players who are, are talking to you know score some PR points and those that really mean it. I mean, he said, we wear this helmet for the players that played before us. Like, this dude is dedicated to football, and he mm-hmm. is dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. No, he, yeah, he, he gets it. There's no doubt about it. And, and, and you know, and, and give the Packers organization and, and coaching staff a lot of credit for his development. Yes. They brought him in. He barely played as a rookie. He was, oh. he was their fourth guy. Yeah. He was fourth, mm-hmm. not even third, right. fourth. Because Fackerel, like I said, was still there, and Fackerel got a lot of snaps. You know, then they let Fackerel go as a free agent, as you thought they would. And he was still third, for the most part. And if Preston, he kind of moved into second by the end of the year. He was, like, getting as much reps as Preston Smith. But that's only because Preston didn't have a very good year his, that, that, that year. You know, but that's when Preston kind of was out of shape a little bit. And If Preston would have had the same kind of year – his second year in Green Bay, as he had his first year in Green Bay, Gary probably would have, wouldn't have gotten as many snaps. Right. But they eased him. He got a little more to where now they were comfortable letting Zadarius Smith go. You know, not 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 you know saving that that money to use other places because they had this guy. And no, that was that turned out to be a very good pick. I'll tell you, I think that the, the Alexander. I don't think anybody was raving when they took Jair Alexander. Right. It was like, okay, he's, this guy's okay. You Some know, were, guy, but yeah, that wasn't that. I mean, well, no every, everybody, not only everyone was really frustrated because a lot of people wanted Derwin James and they're both defensive backs. One's a safety, the other's a corner, but they're both DBs. Right. Yeah. And they traded down and they got the extra pick. Um, But I mean, I, I, didn't, I don't remember anyone, myself included, saying, oh, the Packers got this kind of steal with this guy. This guy, Alexander, is going to be great. No, I, I remember I, I was like, okay, they, 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 they did need a corner and this guy seems to be okay. He's fast. He's you know he's pretty good, but no one, no one I talked to raved about him. They no one, no one panned it and said, "Oh, that, that this guy can't play. That's a bad pick." But no one was like, "Yeah, okay, they got that's who they got." Yeah, it was more. It was like you said. It was more the talk about them trading back and then trading back up and you know getting another getting a pick from for next year. Right, um, and and of course that was a future pick, so no one knew what they were going to do with it. And they right. ended up they ended up getting a guy that's played safety. starting safety and on some successful teams for a couple of years, so it worked out. But at the time, we didn't know what they were going to use it for, and and Goody was his was first draft or where it was going to. And it was Goody's first draft, so he didn't have the reputation established yet. For me, the Quay Walker pick this was a perfect example of you know. And another thing that I said before the draft, everyone was throwing the same because it's the same thing every year, Mark. It's the same seven or eight names that get thrown down our throats and 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 hmm. mocked to the Packers, and none of them end up getting drafted. Or if one gets drafted, it's because he fell two rounds later than the first round, and they didn't end up. They ended up picking him then. But 
Quay Walker wasn't a very popular name. So once again, it was a name that we weren't totally expecting. But I found myself just saying, hey, you know what? I have no reason to believe this guy's not going to do good things for the Packers because they have shown a propensity to do good things with players once they get them in the building with the coaching staff and all that other kind of stuff. Now, Jordan Love, I'm going to use, I'm going to keep him as an outlier because of the quarterback situation and all the changing and moving parts there. Although I do, I definitely do think that uh, he's up against it this year. I mean, he has not shown us much yet, but he's also played. Hasn't played. And that, right. So that won't happen until we get into August and they start playing preseason games. And no, I, but I mean, and, even, uh, even preseason games, I don't count them as anything. Listen, the Jordan love pick. I don't, I'll defend that forever and ever and ever. Rogers was getting older and he's even older yet. He was not the two time MVP when they took Jordan love. He was a guy coming off an injured year and then a, okay year by his standards so it wasn't like you know oh they got the mvp a quarterback well no they had a guy that was getting older and had been hurt the year the year prior to that you know it, and they and they had a chance to take a quarterback out of in the, in the 20s which if you like a quarterback and you don't always get the chance to, to get a quarterback that you like when you're picking in the 20s and if the if the selection of Jordan Love turned Aaron Rodgers back into a two time MVP, well then that, it's worth it just for that. Right. If that's what Rodgers needed. If, I mean, and, and we all know Rodgers is, you know, he's a he's a great quarterback, but we know he's he don't think the way everybody else does, right? He's he's a little different. Yeah, and, and not in a bad way. He's just he's he's he thinks a lot. He's a very intelligent man. Um, if that got him motivated, if that was what got him back on track. And I think Matt LaFleur had a little bit doing it too, obviously, but, and him, him adapting to Matt's off, you know, coming in, you know, he played in the West coast offense under Mike McCarthy's entire life until Matt LaFleur got there. So he had to change up a little bit, but if, if the selection of Jordan love was the, the motivation or the spark or whatever you want to call it, that got Rogers playing the way he has the last two regular seasons. That's a great pick. That's worth, a the, worth pick. the first rounder. Well, yes, I mean, every, it could have been because they yes. could have gone to a Super Bowl two years in a row. So I would say yes. Yes, and it, and it wasn't. And again, oh well, if they would have taken this guy. First of all, there's only only one wide receiver that was taken after the Packers took Love has been any good. And that's T. Higgins, who um, Cincinnati took with the first pick of the second round. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded T. Higgins, although. I'll be honest, coming out, I didn't think T. Higgins was a good fit for the There Packers. were a lot of people who had a lot of questions about him. I mean, I thought he'd be a good player, but I didn't think he'd fit. I thought the Packers had an, had guys just like him. That's the other thing people don't take into consideration with these mock drafts. These mocks don't look at fit. Right. Right? Right. And then people get enamored with a player, and it's like, what was Chris Olave going to be in the in the Packers' offense based on what they asked the receivers to do? Right, so uh, yeah, right. And, and, well, from a blocking standpoint. Oh, listen, I think if Alave would have fell, they would have taken him. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure of that. If you get the right player in the right spot, that's fine. But they have to fit with what it is that that you ask your right. receivers yep. to do. Now, I'm not going to say don't take a potential generational talent or a really really good talent, even if he's not a good blocker, because you know that's going to a lot. There's a lot of other things that'll get made up for, but. 
that's what the point I'm trying to make there is that sometimes we get enamored with players and it's like you didn't even, you don't realize like you're asking the Packers to draft someone like you said who's already they already have on the roster in X player or Y player you know if it's a Randall Cobb situation okay I get that Cobb's obviously only going to play one or two more years and then that guy comes mm-hmm. in and takes over and the Packers like to ease them in they don't want because right now Quay Walker doesn't have to come in and be the answer in the middle of the defense. And they're, it sounds like they're going to move him around and he's going to do a yep. bunch of different things. But you only have Devondre Campbell there to kind of take some of the pressure off of you. So I think he's going to be okay. I think. See, yeah. And that's another thing that, that the Packers do with their picks. Like they, like you said, with the box, the box always like, well, they need this. So they're going to. He don't take need. He takes the highest ranked player on his board. He did it with Gary. There's a comparison with Gary and Walker is that, no, the Packers didn't necessarily. Inside linebacker wasn't their greatest need. They have a they have an all pro playing there, but Walker was their highest rated player. They weren't going to pass him up to take a, a need at at safety or a need at wide receiver or a need at wherever else tight end. They weren't going to do that. They weren't going to reach for a guy when they had a guy that they had a very high grade on sitting there. And that's and same with Wyatt when it came to Wyatt. They, they they were they they probably thought about why did at the, with the first pick, sure. And then it's, and decided Walker and couldn't believe why it was still there a few picks later. And said we're going to, just going to take him. It worked out. I mean, you know, now last year was different. Last year they did need a corner, and as it, they got lucky that Stokes was there for them. Um, had Stokes not been there, I don't think they would have reached for the next. Well, I don't know who the next corner was. I don't think, but they wouldn't have reached for one. They would have taken, you know, a different position. Because that's not what they they don't. This Packer front office and Ted for sometimes, but sometimes Ted did reach. Um, but but Gutenkunst and, and and his people Hendrickson and 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 their scouting department, they don't reach. They don't they don't go to fill needs. They take. Who, who they feel, are, you know, is the best player that's going to help the Green Bay Packers, right? You know, this year and next year. To, you know, when they took AJ Dillon, they had they had two very good running backs, two very good ones, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. But AJ, they liked AJ Dillon, so they took him and figured out. And now, you know, with Williams left as a free agent, they probably didn't know if Jones was going to stay or not either. I mean, Jones could have left as a free agent. They had no idea. I mean, they knew they were going to make him an offer, but they didn't know if somebody else was going to make him a crazy, crazy offer that he, that, you know. So, yeah, you know, in the NFL, you, you, teams that, that reach for needs usually end up getting burned in the long run. Right. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen that happen a lot before. Well, okay, so kind of transition into my. Well, the first, well here, let, let me give you this for the first draft I ever covered. I'm covering the Eagles, and I'm going to tell you, I was really, really young when I was doing that. I know I was. It was the 1985 draft, and the Eagles needed an offensive tackle. Everybody in the world did it. Their, their tackles were, were terrible. Um, they needed a tackle in the, in the worst way. And they, were, and they were picking like ninth so they, or tenth, whatever. They were picking pretty high, so there was a pretty good chance they were going to get a good offensive tackle. And there was Bill Fraley was the one that everything he was the best one, but everybody knew he was going like top five picks, and and he did to the Falcons. Then there was Lomas Brown and Ken Ruckers. 
and one of them figured to be there for you. Maybe there was a chance both of them might be there, and you wondered which one they they liked better. But you, one of them was probably going to go, and one would be there, and they would be happy with, with either one. When the Lions take Lomas Brown at, at seven, I think it was, and now Buffalo's up at eight, and then the Eagles at nine, I believe, or either eight, eight or nine or nine or ten, whatever it was. All right, they're going to get Ken Ruckers because the Bills need something else. They don't. They're not taking offensive line. Well, the Green Bay Packers of all teams trade up ahead of the Eagles and take Ken Ruckers. Now the Eagles, the Eagles go into complete panic mode. They didn't see it coming. They weren't prepared, and they just and they reached and took a kid named Kevin Allen from Indiana with the tenth pick. Kevin Allen is the worst pick in Eagles history. Mm-hmm. He spent more time in jail than he, than he did on a football Oof, field. Yeah. In, in spite of being a bad player, he was a bad guy. But he was terrible. But Buddy Ryan cut him. The next, he played one year. Buddy Ryan cut him in '86. <laughs> He's I forget Buddy's quote. Somebody asked him, "How does Allen look?" He says he looks like a guy that's standing around killing grass. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll never forget that quote. So, and guess who was the next pick after Kevin Allen? I'll give you a hint. The San Francisco 49ers took him. Uh, might have been a wide receiver. Yes. From Mississippi Valley State. Yeah. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, yeah. So instead of taking the – but Eagles didn't need a wide receiver. Well, guess what? You need Jerry Rice. Anybody needs Jerry Rice. <laughs> right? They, oh, they, they every had good team, Every team has that. For the Packers fans, it's Mandarich and Barry Sanders or uh... – Well, Mandarich, that just – if they didn't – if they didn't make steroids illegal, <laughs> he would have worked been out. He'd have, been, he'd have been a great player. Yeah. Know? Well, but yeah. Um, I mean, I know people that I remember that I, I covered that draft also. And there were people saying Dallas, oh, Dallas, they, they should have taken Mandarich over Aikman. There were people actually saying that. I wish they had. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, then, you know, it's funny you say that. Do you really? Well, I, I know because then, then we don't we don't lose we don't get Mike Holmgren. You don't get because, Mike because Lindy Infante probably sticks around because they don't stink. Well, you don't get and you never get, get Brett Favre, Favre, right? So, do you want Aikman in there? Yeah, but if know, Aikman it, it, comes in and he would have got him a Super Bowl by like ninety three or ninety four, there's a lot no. of things that could have gone together. Would he? Well, he would. He wouldn't have had Evan Smith and, and Michael Irvin. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a great question. I it depends mean, how much you believe in, in Troy Aikman as a pure quarterback. Right. And I like, I like Troy a lot. I do. I think he was a great – I think he's underrated. I think for, because of what I said about Emmett, and yes, he did have a great team, but he was, he was a great leader. Um, Favre was, was obviously more um, stronger arm, more talent, you know, more, more flair, so to speak, whatever you want to call it. Made a lot more mistakes too. Um, you know, it's funny. Again, I'm, I'm going to tell you another story. We could, I mean, we can, we can probably hold your other thing until next week. But yeah, um, uh, I was in Dallas. The Eagles played the Cowboys the last game of that season, 80, 88 season. Yeah, the Eagles beat them. So Dallas falls to whatever their record, three and thirteen or whatever it was. Green Bay's playing Arizona, and it's on TV in the press box, and, and they kicked a game winner. Well, yeah, Green Bay. Well, I'm sitting watching. I'm watching the game with one eye, writing my stories, and sitting behind me is all the Dallas brass at the time. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't Jerry and Jimmy yet because they come in the next year and took it. But it was like 
I'm trying to remember who the general manager was then. It was, uh, I guess, Tex Ram and them were there, right? Tex Ram and Grant and all those guys. They're all sitting behind me. And they're rooting like crazy for the Packers. Because <laughs> if the Packers win, they get the first pick. And it's, it's just funny watching the game with these with the Cowboys brass. And, and, that, and Aik, you know, Aikman was at, Troy Aikman was at that Arizona game. He was in Arizona watching the Packer game. Thinking that if the Packers lost that game, which I'm assuming Arizona was favored because Green Bay was the second worst team in the league that year and every right. game was on the road. Um, he was going to be a Packer. And I actually, I actually, um, during one of the Cowboys Super Bowls that I covered, I actually brought that story up to Aikman. And he looked at me and went, you, you remember that I was at that game? I said, yeah. He's like, wow. And then he, and, and, and then he talked about it and how, it, you know, if he if if he would have gone to Green Bay and blah blah, you know, it was he was Troy, Troy was always a good quote. Sure, yeah, a lot. Yeah, the of, world would the world would have been different. All very, very for sure. And I think yeah, I think you're right. So my my, I'll just I'll I'll tee it up because maybe we'll talk about it next okay. week or something else will come up. Mine was going to be Bakhtiari, but and and the, my concern was going to be Bakhtiari and the fact that we just you know can, can we just get one ounce of good news on him instead of just no news. It, it just, yeah, I'm you know, with you there. Well, so we'll we'll save that and we'll talk about it because the crew that did the the Wednesday show covered it and talked about it, and obviously it's a concern. And the offensive line is going to change dramatically if he can't play this season early and and beyond. And even earlier, it's going to be a big problem because they aren't going to have Elton Jenkins for a while either, as he continues to recover from his ACL, which didn't happen until late this, uh, November. So. We'll hold on to that and we'll save that one for next week. Maybe we'll have Paul back with us. Uh, in fa- actually, I, what I should say is I will not be here next week. I will be oh. on. I will be on hiatus. I'll be on a vacay, so I will be. I will be gone next week, and I'll be back the week after. So I certainly hope Paul's back next week. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to have to find somebody that can run the board, <laughs> as they say. Uh, what is going on over Packer Report? What's up now, and what's coming up? Okay, well, my my series of uh, previewing the Packers position by position continues right now. Right up now is linebackers, which we were talking about, Quay, Quay Walker. Um, and I, I, I write that, that this group, or Campbell and Walker, probably the – well, not probably. It's the best set of linebackers and the most heralded set of linebackers the Packers have had since Nick Barnett and A.J. Hawk. And it's kind of similar in that Barnett became an all-pro his – I think it was his fourth year. Campbell's was his fifth year. The You know – Walker is the first inside linebacker they've selected in the first round since they took Hawk in the first round. And, you know, Hawk had a pretty good rookie year for him playing next to Barnett. And if if Walker can have the kind of year Hawk had and Campbell continues to do what, what he did, this is a really good, these linebackers are as good as they've been in a long, long time. Then coming up later today, Thursday, will be to look at the, at the edge rushers. Um, Again, we talked about Rob, Rashawn Gary and what he's done in Preston Smith, and then who who's going to be that who's going to be the third the backup guys to uh, Gary and Smith. We shall see. That's good. It's good to- good topic for this time of year, and and it's June, so that means training camp breaks next month at the end of the month. So we're 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 there. We're like five weeks away from some slight football news. So good stuff. Well, thanks everybody for riding along with us. It's been a good conversation. And we'll be back next. Well, we'll be back next week and every Thursday after that with the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast, Talking Packers. Again, hopefully, something really good to talk about soon in this late summer time frame. So, as it always ends, 
Everybody, wherever you're at, stay cool in these hot temperatures. Stay safe. Now the weather was crazy in Wisconsin. Hope everybody is doing okay. And as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.